Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world and its desires is passing away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The word of the Lord. That actually is the last verse we're going to be looking at, 2, 15, 2, 7. Well, I don't know if you're very disturbed and sad this week. I happen to be a little bit frustrated and, and kind of weepy. Uh, because Chloe and Lamar are getting a divorce. Okay? $67 million divorce. I thought they were doing fine. Okay? I don't know. I saw them uh, in the tabloids. They seem like they love each other. But alas, $67 million. I'd stay together for $67 million. What did you? I know, work it out, people. Okay? The attorneys are going to get it all. There's some stress going on in here. And what about Kanye and... What's the name of the other one? Kim. 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 Oh, that was quick. Their struggle, you know, pregnant and alone. Yeah. And will Kanye step up? Will they not step up? We don't know. These are the decisions, the days of our lives, if you will. You know, life is a lot about choice. I don't know if you've seen The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. But uh, Desiree Hartstock, who chose Brooks instead of Zach. Why? Why didn't he? Isn't this impressive, by the way, that I know this stuff? <laughs> Two words. Wikipedia. Okay? Life is about choice. Life is about choice of celebrities. Life is a choice about love. Life is a choice for us. You know, there are only two choices that we need to make in this life. Two decisions. The first is this, who am I? What's my identity? Who am I to be? The second is devotion. Who will I love? Who am I and who will I love and who will love me? Two critical questions. I don't know what age you are, but if you haven't answered these questions, they're critical ones to look into. Who am I and who will I love? In this passage, we see that there is a radical dichotomy between two choices, two roads, two doors to walk through. The love of the Father or the love of the world. And this scripture clearly tells us that we have a choice. We must choose one of them. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. What was it Jesus said? What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and yet lose his very soul? And so Jesus gives us the power to choose. You know, there's a lot of question about free will. You know, God gave us free will. What does that exactly mean? It didn't mean that God gives us free being. In other words, we don't have the freedom to be God. We're not autonomous. But we do have a free will. Free will is simply this. Choose what you want. We have the power, the grace, the ability to choose what we want. It was J.K. Rowling who wrote the Harry Potter books that said that uh, it is the choices that we make that reveal who we are. Far more than our gifts and abilities. And so the question I pose before you today is this. What will you choose? Or who will you choose? Because the only way to choose the Father is this, that we must give up the love of the world, that we may gain the love of our Father. We're going to unpack this passage and we're going to look at three things. The first is we're going to look at the choice we have to make. What is this world? We may know the Father, but what is this world he's talking about? 
We're going to look at the choice. But then we're also going to look at the challenge. Easier said than done. Isn't it interesting in these passages? You're like, oh, okay. And then life goes on. The challenge of how we are to do this. And finally, we're going to look at the conclusion. The choice, the challenge, and the conclusion. The conclusion we must live with. Because it's the choices that we make that reveal who we are. If we want the Father, we must give up the love of the world that we may gain the love of the Father. Well, let's break this down. Let's look at the choice that we all have before us. 1 John 2.15 says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. Now, right away, we have to ask the question, what is this world he's talking about? Because if you're looking at this on face value, it basically would be, do not love anything. Doesn't sound quite right. Did Jesus, did God not create the world and say that it is good? Did God not create man and say that it is very good? He's not talking about physical creation, though it is broken. He's talking about something else. You know, there's two houses if you went to my house. There's the Rodriguez house, and there's the house of Rodriguez, right? There's the outer structure, and there's the people that live inside of it. What Jesus, what the, the passage is saying is that the outside you may love, but the inside, the house of the world, is what he's talking about. Do not love that house. Do not love that presence in the world. See, the house is the house of someone. The house has come under new management. See, that's the problem with the world. 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. There's a new house. Satan is called the prince of this world. If you don't believe in Satan, how's that working out for you? There is an evil. There is something when we turn on the TV and we examine, we look at the world and we realize that things are broken. Up is down. Down is up. And what's scary is that the inhabitants of this world have chosen him to be the leaders of this world. Romans 1, for although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God or gave thanks to Him. But they became futile and dark in their thinking. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the God, glory of God, for images resembling mortal man and birds. We basically said we want new management in this house in the world. And as a result, the world is broken. The world that we live in is evil. Not the house, the house within the house. James 4, 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. See, we know what God is like, don't we? He's gracious and kind and righteous and just and holy and loving. And yet we see that God says anyone who loves the world is an enemy of God. Therefore, the things in the world must be counter to the desires and character of God. To love the world is to hate God. Jesus says, my kingdom is not from this world. If it, not, if it was, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest. This is him before Pilate. But now my kingdom is from another place. And so there is this battle of do we live in and love this world? Or do we live and love this kingdom? kingdom of God. 
First John 5 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. See, we have a choice whether to live in and love the world or to live in and love the Savior. See, there's been a great divorce, if you will, between God and His creation. That never the two shall meet. And Jesus says, you must choose. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. And so throughout the scriptures, throughout history, indeed throughout this week, God has called us to choose. Remember the Israelites getting ready to cross into the promised land? Where Joshua says, fear the Lord and serve Him. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for the, the day, for yourselves this day, whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. See, what we choose to love, my friends, determines our choice. Is it the love of the Father, or is it the love of the world? Now some of us, when we read this passage, ask the question. It says, hey, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in it. Does that mean the love of the Father or the love for the Father? The answer is yes. See, my friends, love is a reflection. As much as we wish we could generate us, generate it, in our fallen state, we can't. It must come from somewhere. And what we're seeing is, if we have the love of the Father that flows through us, we will love the world in its proper sense. But if we don't have the love of the Father, we will look to take and take and take from a world that will only take itself. I remember I was in my uh, first year of college at the University of Virginia. Some have heard of it. Sometimes they call it the university. I think that's a little arrogant. Nonetheless, I brought it out. Um, and you know, in the first, at UVA, you've got to room, okay, in the dorms your first year. But your second year, you can decide where you want to live. So I, I roomed uh, in a suite with some other guys, there were 10 of us, including me, at UVA, and it's coming to the end of our first year. You've got to find housing your first year before you go on to your second year. Meanwhile, I had been going to this fellowship, this thing called Young Life, uh, like a college fellowship. I had been involved with Young Life, and there was quite a dichotomy between these two groups. Uh, there was the Young Life guys, and then there was the, hey, let's go out to the party on Rugby Road, guys, Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday night. And they were great guys, and I loved them like brothers, but there was one problem. They were going in a direction that I knew I shouldn't be going in. And so the question is, which shall I choose? Because the choices we make reveal who we are. I chose to go room with the Young Life guys. And my life has never been the same. And the decisions I've made and the family I have are a de direct result of that choice. You see, my friends, there is a choice that all of us have. You must choose who to love. See, we want both, don't we? It'd great if we could have both. America's great. We want it all. But the scriptures don't say that. 
Jesus says to be in the world, but not of the world. To be sure, Jesus hung out with the prostitutes and the tax collectors. But for some reason, he changed the world, and the world didn't change him. If you came to be entertained and to hear about casual Christianity, I'm afraid I don't have it for you. Because it doesn't exist. The problem with America is we think that Christianity is something you think rather than something, someone that you are. It's a choice of my entire life. And so you and I must recognize the reality of two worlds. We must see the difference between them. And we must finally make the decision to commit ourselves to God's love. Because we must give up the love of the world if we want to gain the love of our Father. It's the choices we make that reveal who we are. Well, that's the first thing, the choice. Now that you see the choice, I want you to see the challenge. Because it's easier to say than to do, right? I've got my mirror right here, so I'm looking at myself as well. Look at 1 John 2, 16. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Used to have a couple of pairs of sunglasses. They were Oakley's. Well, actually, they were what are called fake leaves. Okay, are you familiar with me? You can get these on the streets of New York. They say Oakley, they look like Oakley, and yet they tend to break very quickly. Perhaps it's the $5 price point. See, it looks real, but it's not. And if I looked to it for the value, for the quality I was expecting, I would be very disappointed. See, that's what's going on with the world. It offers, but it doesn't deliver. 1 John 2.16, for what is in the world, and he's going to break it down for us to understand what is in the world, the desires of the flesh, desires of eyes, and pride of life. These make up the world. What is the desires of the flesh? The word flesh, is he talking about our bodies? Is he talking about our physical makeup? No, he's talking about something else than that. He's talking about when what we desire for our flesh, for our body, our needs, turns into an ultimate desire. You know, it's okay and necessary for us to eat, isn't it? So that we may live. But what happens when we live to eat and eat to live? And it becomes the ultimate thing. It becomes a desire of the flesh. It's okay to have a drink of wine at dinner, isn't it? But it's not okay to continue to drink, to fulfill the desires of our flesh. It gets a hold of us. It's okay to buy a nice house, but one that's 44 rooms big. Has anyone seen the Vanderbilt house? The green one is Greenbrier? That's ridiculous. Okay? That's the desires of the flesh. The desire to enjoy. And it goes on and on and on, doesn't it? God calls us to be fit. But when I exercise three hours a day and I constantly obsess over my body, all of a sudden, fleshly desires. I saw this t-shirt very uh, recently. It basically said this, soccer is life. The rest is just details. God, I hope not. <laughs> soccer isn't life, but for some people, if you looked at their lives, you would say, yes, it is. The fleshly desires. And it goes on and on. We can talk about sex. We can, we can talk about just about anything. It's when good things become ultimate things. And our desire for the flesh draws us to them 
And it's never, ever, ever enough. There's not only desire of the flesh, though, there's desire of the eyes. If the desire of the flesh is to enjoy, the desire of the eyes is to acquire. Remember David walking on the roof, and he saw Bathsheba bathing. What was she doing bathing outside, by the way? And he saw her, and he wanted her, and he took her. He wanted to acquire her. This is the God of this age, materialism. He who dies with the most toys wins. This is why commercials are so darn effective. Because we see it, and all of a sudden it arouses in us a want that we could never have. Very dangerous to pick up Star Magazine, isn't it? How are these guys making their money? Before I know it, I want to grab some lipstick, an electronic cigarette, and it goes on and on and on. Our desire to acquire. And it's not only possessions, is it? It's also sensations. How about Hollywood? And entertainment that gets bigger and bigger in the lust of our eyes. Saw a movie from the 50s a couple days ago. There actually was acting. It was tremendous. It was black and white, but there was a plot and a story. Can you imagine that? Movies now, it's simply sensation. I'm going to flash a hundred images of you, and I'm going to blow up a lot of stuff, and they're either pretty or they're not in the movie. It's sensations. You know, it, it even happened to lust of the eyes in religion, can't it? I'm going to church because I want an experience. I want to feel something. Thus out comes the smoke machine and the experience and the lights and the technicolor dream. Why? Because I need the desire of the eyes. And finally, the pride of life. Some of you have in your translation of your Bible the boasting of what he has and does. This desire is the desire to proclaim. This is who I am. My position, stature in life, the crowd that I hang with, the location where I live, the trophy wife that's on my arms, the certificates that's on my walls, goes on and on and on. The desire to boast and proclaim. You know, truth be told, the things that we struggle with are not brand new, are they? Remember Eve in the garden? And when she saw the apple and saw that it was good for food, desire of the flesh, and pleasing to the eye, the lust of the eyes, and good for obtaining wisdom, the boasting and pride of life. I can be like God. She took it and she ate it. It's the story of Israel in the desert. It's the story of our country. And often it's the story of us. How do we stop, my friends? How do we stop looking at the uh, the uh, counterfeit and seeing the real thing. There's one story in the Bible that speaks totally different than our tendency, and that's Jesus. Remember Jesus in the desert? 40 days, and Satan comes to him, doesn't he? Tell these stones to become bread. Desire of the flesh, eat and be satisfied. And what does he say? Man does not live on uh, on the bread alone, but on every word that comes in the mouth of God. In other words, Satan, I will get my nourishment. The desires of my flesh will come from my Father, and He will take care of me. Oh yeah, what about this? If you're the Son of God, let me take you to the top of the tower and throw yourself down so that you can see that God will do a miracle. 
And He'll raise you up if you are the Son of God. The lust of the eyes, watch and see what God is going to do. Jesus said, do not put your God to the test. And finally, the kingdom of the world. Remember Satan? He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, all of these things can be yours. You'll only bow down and worship him. And Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. How do we not succumb to the temptations of Satan and this world? We walk in the steps of Jesus. Jesus, who knew the love of the Father, has the ability to show us the love of the Father as well. To fill up our hearts so we don't continue grasping and grasping and reaching out. Because we have what we need. For if we have the love of the Father, we don't need to love the things of the world. I don't know if you remember seeing the movie The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The remake was fantastic, by the way. And in the story, you'll remember of two brothers, Peter and Edmund. Edmund finds his way into Narnia, right? And he meets up with the queen. The queen's a bit of a shifty woman, isn't she? So she brings out something tasty for Edmund to eat because he's very cold. What's that food called? Turkish delights. It's delightful. And it's Turkish. That's what that means. No, I do like a Turkish apricot. That's very good. Turkish delight. And what happens is Edmund eats one piece, doesn't he? You've got to have more. He has a drink of that. I don't know what it was. Hot chocolate or something like that. He has to have more. See, the desires of the flesh get a hold of Edmund. And at the end of the day, it causes Edmund to repudiate everything he knows is right. See, if we love the world, the world will ultimately imprison us and warp us into something we were not meant to be. But the love of God takes away the love of the world. So my friends, what's your poison? What's your fix? What's your Turkish delight? that has a hold in you, that draws your emotions in. How do we respond like Jesus? Here's a good uh, uh, test to take a look at your own heart. When you feel anxious or angry, something in the world is saying, I can break you. You're nothing if you don't have me. When you're proud or cynical, something in the world is saying, I have made you. You are great because of me. When you are tempted and losing control, something in the world is saying to you, I can satisfy you, but you must find a way to get me. When you are envious or jealous, something in the world is saying, I can't fulfill you, but don't have me, you don't have me and others do. The whispers of the world speak to us. But a greater whisper is the love of the Father in Jesus Christ. who says, I will be in you. Believe in me by faith. And so we must exchange the love of the world for the love of the Father. We must embrace the love of Jesus by faith. Because truth be told, we can't. But He can. And He's in us and we're in Him. We don't want to. But He does. And we are in Him and He is in us. And He won't. But He will. See, it's the love of Jesus Christ and His ability to love the Father in the face of all opposition gives us the ability to strength to 
stand against the Turkish delights and to take in the true food, the true bread of life that gives life to the world, Jesus Christ. The challenge is to trust in Christ. The challenge to victory is losing. The challenge to independence is dependence. And the challenge to faith is surrender. We have a choice. We have a challenge. But thank God we have a conclusion. This is the 217 that's not in your bulletin. But the end of this passage says this. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. See, my friends, there's a future that is hopeful. Gosh, what if we had to live in this world for the rest of eternity? I'd shoot myself. But there's a future. The world is passing away along with its desires. See, Jesus, before he left, after he had conquered Satan on the cross, said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. A new kingdom is coming into the world. Slowly by slowly, in the hearts of man, that will ultimately change the entire world. A world where there is goodness and love and righteousness. A world of richness and truth and faith and purity. See, until then, my friends, we're in the embassy. The embassy is called the church. This is the embassy. Take a step out and see the world. Not with fear, but with faith. See, we're in this together, aren't we? There's strength in numbers. Strength when somebody comes up to me and whispers to me, how are you doing? Remember, Christ has died for you. Put your hopes on Jesus Christ. I want you, as you go about your life, to imagine a time when all will be made right. To ask God for spiritual eyes to see by faith because the world is passing away. But the man of God who chooses to do his will will live forever. We are from a new world now. And the work of God is to believe. I told you there's only two choices that man and woman have to make in their life. The first is identity. Who am I? I'm either the son of the world or the son of God. The second is devotion. Who will love me and who will I love? If you seek the love of the world, it will never find you. The world only takes, doesn't give. But if you choose the love of the Father, you will know contentment and fullness and joy, even if you live in this world. Because we may live in this world, but the Christian is not of this world. All you have to do, by the way, is finish. It's about faithfulness. It's not about being superstar Christian. It's not about being first on the podium. It's about finishing. It's a marathon. Run purposefully. Run for the finish line. Don't look back. Because it's the choices we make that reveal who we are. So give up the love of your world. You may gain the love of your father. Let's pray. Lord, it's so easy to be seduced by the desires of the flesh. The lust of the eyes, the boasting of what we have to do. 
Lord, to give our lives to things that have no business being king of Lord, we thank you that you have love for us. You've demonstrated it in Jesus Christ. You've promised to give us it by your Spirit if we would only trust you in your will. Lord, give us the courage to make the choice. Don't let us sit on the sideline and join neither of them. Lord, help us to be all in. Your love or nothing else. For your love never fails. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.